Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, guys and girls. The program you are about to hear will be both fun and educational, but it is not a substitute for medical advice. Although we are doctors, we are not your doctors. Hello, and welcome to Travel Medicine. As always, I'm your friendly neighborhood internal medicine doc, Dr. J. hey Dr. Santosh here, your friendly neighborhood peds infectious diseases sidekick. Oh, I like that. What's your costume, though? Is there a cape? <laughs> no capes. No, <laughs> no capes. <laughs> In the film of, like, Dr. Josh's life as a superhero... I would almost certainly be the the little person making your costume. No like capes. I, I, <laughs> no capes. <laughs> Extra pockets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you so, know where he is? <laughs> so originally, I was going to do an episode this week on amnesia, mm-hmm. but I forgot about it. And and in fact, some of you clever, observant listeners may have noticed that there was no episode at all last week, not even a classic. Well, I was struck with a bout of amnesia, and also it was Greek Easter, so I was too busy eating delicious Mediterranean food I had spent Mm. the whole week preparing. With that said, I believe we left off on an alternate week. And you know what that means? Oh man, is it? Time for our favorite bi-weekly segment. That's right. It's time for another, yay, Journal Club. Woo! The cheery, upbeat topics I chose to pursue. Well, you know what they say. Those who can, do, and those who can't, sir. Cancer. What? what? Oh, <laughs> You think you could give it encouragement like, are you cancer or are you can't, sir? Do you have a question? <laughs> well, this episode will give you the can't, sir. No, wait, it definitely no. won't. No. <laughs> <laughs> These phrasing. oncogenic terrible, podcast ways? Terrible phrasing. 
It's just scrambling for a pun. <laughs> One of these days, this, my love of puns will get me into trouble, but it won't be today. <laughs> this is because you named this like session on our thing, like TBD, right? So you're like trying to get the title now. Santosh, I would never <laughs> try and develop a title for an episode in the midst of recording. Our audience mm. deserves better than that. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they definitely won't notice a phrase taken verbatim to yeah. make the episode title because it's just not there. Didn't happen. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's just, you haven't seen anything. You're like the the what do you call him? The the guy that you can't see me guy out of wrestling. What's his name? Exactly. What's his name? <laughs> Moving on. This week our episodes. <laughs> are all centered around various new and unorthodox treatments for cancer. Uh, the mm. first being attacking cancer with the common cold. After all, it's been a scourge of humanity for who knows how many years. It's only fair that cancer gets a turn getting a flu season. Well, a cold season. <laughs> yeah, I, I really love this uh, this approach viruses what well we call what we call lytic viruses are by their nature you know they they home towards particular cells and in the process of making more copies of the virion they explode the cell that they're in so they hijack the cellular machinery copy 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 they fill up the whole cell space with a lot of virions and then they usually set off a signal that makes the cell membrane burst and then they go on spilling out, and then all those little uh, baby virions can go infect new cells. So all you really have to do, all you have to do, <laughs> is teach those viruses to latch onto very particular cells and blow those up. And then, interestingly enough, Josh, if they are lame in terms of infecting the rest of your cells, like healthy cells and you find a way to make that selection really tight, then by the time the viruses are done killing all the tumor cells, then your immune system will kind of mop up the rest, well, and they'll be gone. This particular study was conducted in the UK by the University of Surrey. Now, non-muscle invasive bladder cancer is the... Oh, no, it's not the most important... Okay, well, it's the... <laughs> no, it's, oh, it's not the second either. Uh, it is the it's the tenth most common yeah. cancer <laughs> in the UK. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it must be conquered <laughs> with around well yeah. around ten thousand new cases each year. So I mean, nothing to be sneezed at. No, uh, or maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> this model is a really good one to work with because it is a very specialized type of cell, so you can target it, and it stays in a particular area. So you can actually you can look exactly where the cancer is and eliminate it. So the the model for this kind of setup is pretty good. And right now, the only real treatments for bladder cancer are invasive or cause serious toxic side effects because they're largely heavy metals. And I'm not just saying that because they cause you to piss blood. 
Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were saying it because they rock. <laughs> you have to have a will of iron, man. But <laughs> um, part of the thing of being on all these toxic, you know, chemotherapies is you also need a lot of monitoring to make sure that cancer hasn't returned, that you're not doing damage to yourself faster than you are to the disease. So in mm-hmm. this study, 15 patients, so it's just a very small pilot study, were given the cancer-killing Coxsackie virus through a catheter one week before they underwent surgery to remove uh, large tumor lesions or large bulks of their tumors. Then- okay. They looked, so essentially they were saying, we're already going to take the tumor out. Let's see if we can do anything to shrink it. You know, can we improve this in any way, shape, or form that's non-invasive? So when Mm -hmm. the samples were analyzed after surgery, in one of the 15 patients, the virus had been complete, or the cancer had been completely eliminated. But in many others, the virus had targeted and killed cancer cells throughout the bladder. And once these cells had died, the virus had reproduced and infected all the other cancer cells, but ignored healthy cells and left them intact. Perfect. That's exactly what you want to see. This is kind of the property of our own immune system, which is kind of a little bit scary. A lot of the time, you can't attack the virus itself as an immune cell. But what an infected cell can do is actually put a little cell surface receptor to say, I am infected, please kill me <laughs> before I spread more virus. And the the killer cell, usually a T cell, attaches then to that cell and not in a violent manner, but kind of shuts the cell down, including the machinery that's helping the virus multiply. And then that whole glob of virus and cell can be eaten up by an eater, like a macrophage or something like that. So um, it's kind of a scary death way of, of dealing with a virus or an infected cell, but it works really, really well. Funny that you mentioned eaters, Santosh, because uh, it turns out as part of our next story, some cancer cells have been found to survive chemotherapy by eating their neighboring cells. <laughs> yeah, it, well, cancer kind of screws itself. Can we say that? Sure. (laughs) As cancer cells multiply, as as cancer cells proliferate, they kind of outrun their own blood supply and they start to consume a bunch of nutrition. They need to get you know, sugar and proteins and everything else in order to make more of themselves. So uh, there is a point in a lot of cancers where the cancer itself, the bulk will start to necrose or die because it, the, the, the tumor as a whole cannot sustain its own growth. So at that point, yeah, you will get an activation where one cancer cell will just turn to another and it will be like, oh, you're dying anyway, dude. So I'm just going to eat you and, and use your nutrition in order to. I mean, you're assuming a lot of altruism on the cancer cells. They kind of, from the get go, it's every cell for itself. Sure. And, and they're like, oh, no, I'm being attacked. And oh, a moment of weakness in my uh, fellow cancer cell. Let me eat it. Yeah. <laughs> and this isn't yeah. so this was studied in more detail by Tulane University where Crystal Tonison Murray and colleagues report observing this behavior not only in lab grown cells but also in mouse tumors where lung and bone cancer cells are both capable of the same trick 
And they figured if we can find a way to inhibit the cancer cell's ability to cannibalize, uh, it may provide a future treatment for cancer cells. So they would run out of energy that much faster. So basically, you're starving it out and forcing it to turn to cannibalism. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> and they showed that chemotherapy-induced cells or older cancer cells will engulf other cells to enhance their survival. And this is I thought this was the most fun part because I'm a nerd. Um, Chemotherapy-induced senescent cancer cells engulf other cells, which means the older, wiser cancer cells who are closer to either dividing or if they have reached the end of their divisions dying will cannibalize the younger, healthier millennial cells (laughs) to ensure their survival. Yeah, that's well, and that's kind of a, double whammy on it because those older cells they have a limited number of divisions in them before they start to just kind of peter out and they can't sustain their own division anymore because you get protein and dna damage over time but those young healthy cells might have been able to undergo more divisions but you're you're go ahead and like slam down so it's it's a kind of a cruel neat way to get the cancer to kind of kill itself. Well, when you're talking about starving cancer cells out, you also have to ask, well, can you kill them? Like, what what do they use for food? So, Santos, do you know how cancer cells feed themselves? Do they swing by the nearest In-N-Out or Shake Shack? <laughs> well, depending on the type of cell that they are, they're going to have the same strategy as any cell. They usually have probably some sort of sugar transporter on the outside uh, in order to import glucose because sugars are really important. Um, And then they're going to have a number of amino acid transporters in order to bring in the building blocks for protein Um, and probably some sort of transporter to bring like cholesterol and lipids in and out. If you want to attack a cancer cell, you can attack its food supply which would be, you know, all that sugar, or you can attack the transport that brings that food supply in. So in order to test the theory, could you kill cancer by cutting off its electricity supply, uh, which... Ooh, what? what? <laughs> yeah, right? Exciting. <laughs> Are you talking about, like, if it is a... If it's a type of cell that carries an action potential, like a cardiac cell or a muscle cell, like well, that kind? this study looks at the implications of how cells swap electrons. So let me let me get into it, but it could eventually lead to devices. You could put a on-off switch for an electric current and starve a tumor out. So Frank Rawson at the University of Nottingham, UK, have been studying the subtle changes in the bioelectric currents from different kinds of cancer cells to look at basically what the metabolic changes happen that allows rapid cell division. Because that's really the main difference between a cancerous cell and a normal cell is the rapidity of how quickly it divides. Well, all cells use electrons to power themselves. Are you talking about in the powerhouse of the cell? (laughs) Like the, the mitochondria? mitochondria? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this is this is the electron transport chain. So this is literally like the the very very foundational parts of how our cell makes and stores energy. 
But significantly, cells not only use this to power themselves, they can also send electrons outside their membranes along relays made up of proteins and other molecules. But we never really understood the significance of the transplasma membrane electrons or TPMETs. That is so cool. I I did not know about this. So transplasma, which means the cells do have to be touching somehow. Well, here this this next part's going to blow your mind because normal okay. cells produce almost all their energy in the mitochondria, your your powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> yeah. A mitochondria cannot power the aggressive demand of a rapidly dividing cancer cell. Things are just happening sure, sure. too fast. You can't keep up with it. Right, so right. cancer cells therefore dial down their mitochondria and get most of their energy by ramping up glycolysis, a completely different cellular pathway that converts sugar into energy. Right. So glycolysis is outside of the mitochondria. You basically just break a sugar molecule. And um, I'm trying to remember all the way back in biochem, I think you can get a couple of bits of uh, like maybe two ATPs off of a sugar molecule. Whereas with an electron transport chain, you can take that same sugar molecule and get something like 16 uh, individual molecules. I feel like 36 is the bar trivia thing scratching at my head, but you're right. It's it's a larger number. It's a larger number. So this is just basically, it's very wasteful. You're just ripping apart a glucose molecule and just getting what you can, just tossing it. Reducing the output from a mitochondria, this change that cancer cells make, creates one problem because you're getting a ton of free electrons also from all this waste you're creating. And that clogs up the glycolysis process. Mm. And probably creates those horrible free radicals we know about that, you know, go around and cause all that destruction. So again, to keep from starving, the cancer cells have to eject or get rid of those extra electrons, and they use these transporters like the TP-METs, transplasma membrane electron messengers or transfers. So think of it as a safety valve. Um, Now, this gives us a way to basically detect cancer earlier in terms of signaling. The more invasive or aggressive a cancer, the more heavily it's going to rely on this glycolysis pathway and therefore need to shed electrons, which you can measure. But there's different kinds of TP-METs, which have different functions, and that's made it really hard to study how one particular one may be involved in tumor growth. Wait, so you can pick your path? Well, kind of. They Ross and his colleagues looked at the strength of the electrical current for three different lung cancer cell lines. Okay, so this is probably in a dish, okay? Mm-hmm. And all, right. all three cell lines had very clear differences or personalities, so they could tell which cancer cells, just from the electrical currents, were metastatic, which were still non-invasive or you know benign, could be monitored. And then when they reduced the number of these transporter relays to leave the cells relying just on mitochondria... The mm-hmm. cells starved out and died because they could not keep up the demands of division could not be met by the mitochondria alone. So you had both a detection method as well as a treatment. That is so, so cool. Okay, so you can actually, you can kind of pick the threshold at which, you know, the the current is kind of flowing and say, oh, you know, this current tells me that there's a cluster of cancer cells nearby. And you can just go ahead and clip that wire, like like you're a a cellular, like a, what do you call it, like a bomb squad, 
you clip the wire. There's one problem. Right okay. now, while it works great for detecting or saying, okay, you know, you have to monitor somebody very closely, so this could be expensive, but you can say, all right, based on the electrical current being given off, your cell is metastatic or it's benign and make treatment decisions. You can't really starve the cells out because we don't currently have any drugs that can interfere with the transplasma membrane transporters. So we know things exist, but we don't have at, you know, yet. Uh, Yeah, yeah. However, at the Mm. universe, another researcher at the University of Nottingham, Paula San Juan Alberte, has been working with Rawson on, I'm sorry, I'm going to shudder a little, get this Skynet out of the way. Self-assembling nanoelectrodes. Oh, wait, oh wait, gosh. Wait. It gets even more <laughs> uncomfortably sci-fi. That could, okay. that could interface with cancerous cells to tweak their electrical signaling, applying a field to prevent the TPMET relays from shedding the electron. That's a lot of technobabble. <laughs> so, oh, well, I, I mean, you could probably break it down, right? Because the if you say you have some small tiny parts probably made of metals right and when they're in a particular electrical field they assemble in a way so usually using like a memory metal or something like that and probably after that josh they're not smart right it's just the fact that that particle assembles that makes the electrical field shift Uh, nano electrodes that could interface with cancer cells. So tiny little robots, which definitely won't learn how to replicate themselves into sentience. At least well, uh, if I've seen anything, if I've learned anything from sci-fi movies, this will all work out perfectly fine. Uh, well, uh, I, I think all they do is they kind of assemble in the, you know, in the right electrical field. And then when that field is gone, they disassemble it. Like it's not a, it's not a thinking little robot or something like that. Well, thankfully, the mm. researchers are taking all the precautions to make sure that we don't end up with some kind of Star Trek situation. <laughs> or Stargate situation. Oh, the replicators. Yeah, replicators. Oh, ma- oh no, wait, that was Stargate Atlantis. No, they showed up in in uh, the uh, regular Stargate well. too. In regular Aww. Stargate. Um, <laughs> in regular Stargate light. <laughs> now, we opened we opened the episode talking about one kind of viral therapy. And I want to mention another couple bacterial and viral therapies that are pretty cutting edge in terms of treating cancer. Okay. Santosh, I have to mm. ask, as an infectious disease doctor... Are you familiar mm. with the bacteria fam or the bacterial family Clostridium? Yeah, the genus, sure. All sorts of horrible, horrible bugs in the genus Clostridium. Yeah, lots of things, fun things. Gangrene, infectious diarrhea, uh, mm-hmm. you know, colitis. Yep. Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a regular fasciitis. It's a regular laugh and a half. But <laughs> what if? But what if I were to tell you that we mm. found a strain? that can be turned to uh, the forces of good to consume the interior of some tumors. I would call you a liar. There is, in fact, a Clostridium 
that can do it, and it is Clostridium novi, named from the French for I don't speak French and therefore don't know. <laughs> All right. Come on, French speaker. Santos, what's novi? New? Yeah, is it new Clostridium? I, I don't... What? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe? You're I know my, Latin. my pronunciation, buddy. What? <laughs> It it might have something to do with like yeah new or novel or something like that from the Latin, but I I'm not a hundred percent sure. Well, Santos, there is in fact such a clostridium that can be turned to the forces of good, known as mm. clostridium novi. Now that comes from the French for uh, well, black cl- clostridium. Um, <laughs> oh oh, gotcha. Because okay. it right. has gotcha. been because. Traditionally, it's associated with necrotizing hepatitis, and there's oh. even a case report about it, a poor pony in West Canada who is infected by this, this Clostridium novi group of bacteria. Now, it's called black disease because of the necrosis. Got, okay, yeah, yeah, because when you, when you actually look at the tissue, it, as the tissue kind of dies away and becomes gangrenous, it turns into like this black withered yeah. yeah. So it's a terrible disease in cattle. But in humans, like most mm. clostridium, it goes for oxygen-poor regions, so yeah. anaerobic cells, and it rips its way through oxygen-poor tumors, which, and then it dies when it reaches the oxygenated side. So this is a treatment that kind of is self-cleaning, unlike those untrustworthy <laughs> nanobots. Well, you have to be a little bit careful, right? Because it could tear through tumors, but... If that tumor is in an area where there's still not a lot of oxygen to be found, you'll get collateral damage into healthy tissue, right? Or normally you would. And yeah, this type of treatment does require follow-up treatment with a supplementary method that removes all the oxygenated cancer cells. Because not every cancer cell is walking around anaerobically. Sure, sure. Some of them have leg warmers. (laughs) You do. So this is the the metabolism that the cell undergoes, right? It's it either it uses oxygen, and this is part of the electron transport chain in mitochondria and everything, in order to make energy ATP, or whether it is well, Josh, it's actually like fermenting. <laughs> it's making it's making the energy and then putting out a, a secondary product like lactic acid. Um, instead of, uh, you know, using oxygen in order to break down your sugars or whatever to get the ATP out of it, you, you basically, you turn it into like alcohol and lactate, which is what like yeast and some bacteria do. And that's how you get liquor. Now, I know this will surprise you, but early trials did, did display a couple potential issues with this treatment. (laughs) You don't say okay okay oh by the way we should call it novi nt right non-toxic well Mm. before you get around to giving it such a uh, generous appellation (laughs) well it's called that specifically because it's engineered to take out a specific toxin called an alpha toxin it doesn't take out everything that makes it toxic, just one toxin. Two patients in this study who were chosen for the most aggressive branch of Novi treatment received each 
over 3 million spores injected straight into the tumor. Yeah, this is like, you know that scene from uh, from Pulp Fiction? <laughs> it's just like, Hah! And I mean, that's, that's not how they did it, probably. And Maybe. they did achieve some remarkable improvements in their tumor, along with sepsis and gas gangrene. Oh, boy. So, based on the outcome of the study in the different branches... Safe hmm. dosage has currently been set at one million spores. <laughs> yeah, ten to the uh, ten to the uh, seventh, I guess. One ten to the sixth million. <laughs> there is a very specific age range that gets this reference. Yeah, <laughs> it really is true. You <laughs> parents, you must educate your mini me's. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. I, I blanked for a second. Austin Powers. Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. So, anyway, aside from their one million spores, the treatment has been shown to cause some increased inflammation in the surrounding tissue because injecting, you know, fungal spores or bacterial spores. Bacterial spores, yeah. <laughs> bacterial spores is going to, you know, make your immune system sit up and take notice, or at least it should. So mm -hmm. it can make it difficult to accurately deduce how much true tumor reduction you have in the with the experimental data. Um, now, they have looked at other ways of doing this, such as injecting a non-toxic prodrug along with the bacteria that can process it into a tumor-killing drug. So you could enable, that way you could give somebody a tumor-killing drug exclusively in areas that you will want to target. Oh, okay, gotcha. So you um you basically control how much you put in and yeah. where it goes. Okay. Yeah. And sure. the last one we're gonna talk about is a return of, you know, a virus that we conquered, so there should be no problem with bringing it back just like Stella's groove. And <laughs> I am referring, of course, to polio. Yay! Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is <sighs> this is fun. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hear me out. Okay. Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> I just, I heard you out on gas gangrene injected into a cancer. Fine. Let's, and it worked, let's go. And it worked out. We just needed to make sure we had the right dosage of spores. You remember how many? Uh, yeah, one, one million. million. Uh, I, I heard you, Mr. But Evil. let's start with, hey, hey. That's ah. Dr. Evil. I did not go to evil medical school for seven years to be called Mr. Thank you very much. Oh, you um, said it. <laughs> but let's take a vial of some genetically modified polio virus mm. and send it on over. Thanks to the helpful folks at the Preston Robert Tisch Brain Tumor Center at Duke University. Preston Robert and Tisch? Preston Robert Tisch. Mm. Like he's not Robert. He's like Robertish. <laughs> you know, not not the full Robert. <laughs> but, but they will modify the polio virus with a portion of a cold-causing rhinovirus, which you know removes the disease-causing properties of polio. The part mm, that would and give gives you... it a giant horn. <laughs> now, <laughs> this this virus has been dubbed Sorry. the P. Well, I laugh because. The virus has been dubbed the PVS Ripo, R-I-P-O or Repo. But okay. when you said that, it made me think of the PVS Rhino. 
<laughs> I just I imagine a little. Are you like with me, like thinking of a little tiny virus, just like just rampaging through, <laughs> like Rocksteady and Bebop in the old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's just a pissed off rhino that works directly yeah. <laughs> by being infused into a patient's tumor, such as like a brain tumor or a localized muscle tumor. Once yeah. inside, it charges. <laughs> ahead infects (laughs) and kills the cancerous cells um but even though it can you know kill cancer off by itself its real power lies in the fact that it alerts your body's natural defense again into fighting against the cancer so it sends up those flares that alerts the rest of your immune system to show up and attack cancer cells which it wouldn't do on its own this is all in service of trying to get away from these toxic chemotherapeutic agents where you basically, uh, you know, like you just bomb the body with toxic chemicals and you kill a bunch of rapidly dividing cells. And since the cancer is also rapidly dividing along with losing like bone marrow and liver cells and hair and all that kind of a thing, you also kill the cancer. This is all in service of getting away from that and targeting using the immune system, using viruses, whatever you can to actually target the cells you want to kill and leave all the other healthy cells alone. Works beautifully. Yeah, so that is pretty much it for this week. We we covered all the newer cancer therapies, and there's some really mm. surprising stuff. New ways to starve them, new ways to kill them, and mm-hmm. new mechanisms of messaging that were previously unknown. Yeah, yeah. We're basically just like, you know, we're sitting here like a couple of like cancer murderers thinking of weird and wacky ways to like gun down our victim. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we could uh, starve it with electricity. <laughs> I, I think we should just stuff it full of viruses and blow it up from the inside. <laughs> We've got a spy versus spy episode over here. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel that... like the Joker, just like. <laughs> so that's it for this week. As always, we love to hear your comments, questions, and feedback. If you'd like to support us spiritually, emotionally, or financially, links to do that are in the show notes, along with links to some of the sources used in researching this episode. Mm-hmm. Our theme music is composed by Rachel Leisure. The show is produced by me with a lot of help from Dr. Santosh and friends. And Woo! until next time, as always, wear a mask, wash your hands, stay safe, get your shots. Everybody pretty much is eligible now if you are not <laughs> a child. If you can drive, you can get yourself to a vaccine. Yeah. Please do, guys. I, you know, You've heard Dr. Josh and I talk about it. We've gotten our vaccines. This is a wonderful option and a necessary one to gun down this goddamn pandemic. We got safety. We got efficacy. It's beautiful. And my tail fell off after like a week. So don't even worry about it. (laughs) It's kind of sad when that tail fell off. I know. I was getting rather attached to it. You were proud as a peacock. But once and once you've got your vaccine, folks, you can get ready for the upcoming summer when we can start hopefully wishing you again. Happy travels. (laughs) Bye, guys. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.